Hello, and welcome to the Way of Oneness podcast, a monthly American Buddhist podcast that shares Dharma teachings and insights by Christopher Kakuyo Sensei, a Breton lay minister and a sensei of the independent Salt Lake and Utah Buddhist fellowships. Kakuyo Sensei shares the goal of his teachers, Guillaume and Koyokubose Senseis, in sharing a unique form of American Buddhism called the Way of Oneness. Here is where Buddhism and the everyday meet. I hope you enjoy the podcast. For the past few Sundays, we've been talking about gratitude and some of the things that get in the way of us experiencing a transformative kind of gratitude that can change our lives and lead us to awakening. And I want to continue with the theme of gratitude today by talking about gratitude and oneness. In our fellowship and lineage, we talk a lot about the way of oneness. Oneness meaning um, the oneness of transcending the idea that we are alone when in reality we are one. Uh, Transcending seeing the world dualistically. We see ourselves separated from the dynamic flow of existence. But when we slow down and become aware of our integration to the wholeness of life, we can see things from a non-dualistic point of view. We can come to experience the oneness of all life and how we are an integral part of that oneness. This happens when we begin to experience things as they really are, instead of just as the story we have fabricated to explain reality. To step into this kind of awareness, we learn from the Buddha Dharma that we first need to negate the primacy of self while affirming the universal self, the self that is interdependent on all things. We come to understand, as Ryuchi Fuji has written, that, quote, the individual self has no independent existence. Self exists in mutual relationship to all things, to the totality of all things, and the oneness of life, end quote. So how do we affirm the universal self and the oneness of all life? First, we listen to and contemplate the words of our teachers. I've been sharing the teachings of my teachers, especially Guillaume Kabose Sensei lately, and you may all be familiar with these words. Quote, there is no I as such apart from others. End quote. The insight is so simple and yet so profound. He goes on to say, quote, we do not understand that we are literally able to live and enjoy life only because of other people and things. If one really understands this truth, he cannot help but become humble and appreciative of others. End quote. So understanding the truth of our interdependence, our mutual resonance, as Soga Ryojin writes, our very being is relational. This is oneness, and our natural response to oneness is an appreciative humility. We become aware of a daily grace, something that is beyond self-power, self-conceit, an inherent gift, something beyond us that is also us, the whole, the one. These simple insights offer us an invitation to take notice of the grace we receive every day, or as Greg Kretsch writes in his book, A Nikon. 
To live a life of gratitude is to open our eyes to the countless ways in which we are supported by the world around us. End quote. The majority of this support is not earned by us, and in fact is simply a gift of grace. So what do I mean by grace? There are two kinds of grace that I would like to talk about. The first is gratitude. In Latin, grace means being thankful, and in Old English, it means being grateful, as in saying grace at the dinner table. The other connotation of the word grace is an unmerited gift, something unearned. And this goes back to our talk on Sunday. Previously, we talked about the problem with deserving and not deserving, and the suffering and difficulties we cause ourselves when we try to control our world by trying to earn love, earn acceptance, earn compassion. Also, when we do these things, we unknowingly are affirming the small egoic self. We are affirming the self as separate, that life is controllable through a metaphor of economic exchange. When we see the world this way, our lives become transactional instead of relational. We find ourselves unconsciously affirming the dualistic self and ignoring the truth of the universal, of the myriad of things that give us life. We walk around blind and in ignorance of the truth of our existence and feeling so alone. Overcoming this ignorance is important and it's on the path of gratitude that we can accomplish this by reflecting and meditating on the relationship among all things, especially between ourselves and nature and other people, our teachers and the Dharma. We tend not to even think much about things, but instead we tend to focus on all that we lack. And we wonder at times why our lives seem so disappointing. Again from Greg Kretsch, quote, Open your eyes and see how many gifts there are to unwrap. Notice the presence of your presence. It's not your life that is disappointing. It's your mind. End quote. I came across an old article that I had read a few years ago about Wan Buddhism. The title of the article was Grace in This World. I always find it interesting about how at different times in your life, the teachings of the Dharma affect you in different ways. The first time I read it, it was interesting. This time coming across it, it really resonated with me. The article has an interview with the then-retiring Dharma master of the Wan order. One of the things that impressed me about Wan Buddhism is its emphasis on what they call the Four Graces. The Dharma master explained that the Four Graces are as follows, quote, the first is the grace of heaven and earth, or the universe and nature. The second is the grace of our parents who gave birth to us and nurtured us, but not only biological parents, but parents in the sense of all people in our lives who have educated us and helped us survive and nurtured us. The third is the grace of fellow beings, because without them, how would we do anything at all? And the fourth is the grace of the law, which is meant the laws of the Dharma as well as secular laws. End quote. 
Daesan, the third head Dharma master of Wan Buddhism, said this, quote, There is a reason why we have two eyes. One is for looking inward and observing our mind, and the other is for looking outward and finding grace. End quote. And here we, we, we hear the echoes of Guillaume Kabose Sensei's teachings, also the teachings of Shadow Harari Roshi, abbot of Sogonji in Japan Temple, which we recite every Sunday as part of our um, ritual. We actually quote him before our chant of Amitabha's name. Quote, the sun's light, the moon's radiance, the flowers blooming, the song of the bird, the work of all people in society, I receive everything. The heavens and the earth are supporting me and all of humankind for me to be alive. This whole world revolves for this. I am so thankful. We have to see it as it is, or else we mistakenly think that we are alive according to our own power. End quote. Each of these graces open us up to the reality of our interdependence, or as the Buddha taught, pratya samutpada, translated as dependent origination or dependent co-arising. And as we reflect on each of these realities, each of these intersections, we begin to cultivate a deep awareness of each of these graces. And by doing so, we affirm the universal self and the habitual primacy of the small self begins to dissolve into the very ground of gratitude. So what are some of the ways that we can cultivate gratitude for each of these graces? Today I want to talk about the first grace, and next Sunday we'll talk more about the other graces. Let's first look at heaven and earth. I love this quote that stays in my head and has stayed with my head ever since I first read it, and I like to kind of repeat it to myself when my ego is getting the best of me. Quote, Despite all of our achievements, we owe our existence to six-inch layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. End quote. I have to admit, before I read that, I never said thank you to the dirt. Hey, dirt, thanks so much. We all can do a deep gusho to the dirt. I've been a little better at being grateful for the rain, but mostly during a drought when I see the reservoirs are so empty. Why does it take something going away for us to appreciate the gift that was given? The first thing we can do to cultivate awareness is to reflect on the grace of nature. This is more than a simple intellectual ascent to the obvious. Of course, we understand that we would all be dead without the sun or we would die without water. We realize how vital our soil is, but while we are living in the habitual primacy of the small self, we take these things for granted. Our gratitude is shallow. We want to ask ourselves, how real is the grace of heaven and earth to us? Has it seeped into our bones? I can say that in my practice, both yes and no are true. Sadly, mostly no. But there have been a few moments when this knowledge had become visceral in the body, heart, and mind. And that's when I experience a profound appreciative humility, awe, oneness, and boundless love. 
Here is a simple and practical application, a simple practice to cultivate an awareness of the gift of the universes and nature. So how many of you in your families now or growing up ever said a blessing before you ate? Said grace. How many of you say grace now? How simple to say thank you for the food you need to stay alive. I forget to do it all the time. I may be great at sitting for 10 or 20 minutes a day, but what if I can't say thank you for the simple things of the every day? I am missing something in my practice, if that is the case. As Thich Nhat Hanh teaches, a blessing on the food is part of spiritual practice. Quote, every act, every breath, every step can be practiced and can help us to become more ourselves. End quote. Saying grace is looking, thinking, touching, eating the grace of the processes that make life possible. This can be in the form of a food gatha, grace prayer poem, that you can find a significant number of them on the internet from different traditions. Just eating your meal in mindfulness can be uh, a form of grace, uh, an act of gratitude. Thich Nhat Hanh goes on to say that we can eat an orange with mindfulness and this wordless grace can be more powerful than the repetitious grace I grew up with. Thank you for thy bounty, O Lord, or bless the hands that prepared this. I always wondered why we never blessed the beasts we ate. Thich Nhat Hanh gives us a simple everyday way that we can cultivate awareness of the grace of heaven and earth, the grace of the universe and nature, and the grace of fellow beings. All you need is an orange and mindfulness. He goes on to teach, quote, Take the time to eat an orange in mindfulness. If you eat an orange in forgetfulness, caught in your anxiety and sorrow, the orange is not really there. But if you bring your mind and your body together to produce true presence, you can see that the orange is a miracle. Peel the orange. Smell the fruit. See the orange blossom in the orange and the rain and the sun that have gone through the orange blossoms. The orange tree that has taken several months to bring this wonder to you, put a section in your mouth, close your mouth mindfully, and with mindfulness feel the juice coming out of the orange. Taste the sweetness. Do you have time to do so? If you think you don't have time to eat an orange like this, what are you using that time for? Are you using your time to worry or using your time to live? End quote. We can also see in the orange the farmer who took care of the tree, kept it warm when the frost threatened the fruit, the laborer who picked the oranges, the truck driver that delivered them to market, and even broader, the husband of the farmer and how he supports her in her work physically and emotionally, or we can see the construction workers that built the roads that the truck drivers drove down to deliver the oranges, and on and on and on. Here is another practice that we can do to cultivate an awareness of the grace of heaven and earth. It is what I call Earth Nikon. Nikon is a Japanese word which means inside-looking or introspection. 
and a more poetic translation is seeing oneself with the mind's eye. It is a structured method of self-reflection from Japanese psychology that helps us to understand ourselves, our relationships, and the fundamental nature of human existence. We use our two eyes to look inward and observe our mind, and at the same time looking outward to find grace. Traditional Nikon reflection is primarily focused on the second grace of family, starting with our first relationship, our mothers. Nikon reflection is based on three questions, uh, and it usually starts with your mother. So what have I received from my mother? What have I given to my mother? What troubles and difficulties have I caused my mother? Doing this practice and replacing mother with mother earth, we start to examine our relationship with our very home. We become aware of all that we have received from our great mother earth, Bodhisattva. We also begin to see how one-sided the relationship is. And the last two questions really open us up to see the grace that we receive, despite how little we ever actually contribute and all the troubles we cause the planet. Grace then starts to become real for us, and the primacy of the small self again begins to dissolve into the ground of gratitude. In Wan Buddhism, it is said that much of our negative karma lies in our ingratitude to the four graces. And I think this is right because we sleepwalk through reality, operating from the primacy of the small self. How silly it is when this small self stands back and is so proud of what it's built. I built this. But in reality, we create nothing alone. Even our existence is not possible with the help of others. It is this sense of entitlement and this sense of poverty in the midst of abundance, this need to control the world that leads us into so much unskillful action. I'd like to close with a way of looking at these things, again from Ryuchi Fuji, who said, quote, The universe is a harmonious activity of all things. Nothing can be without all others. All is in one, on one in all. Everything, no matter how small it may be, is real as everything else. The ultimate goal of each being is to realize the meaning of oneness of all things, thus identifying self with all others. End quote. In our fellowship, we sing Namu Amitabhaya, a Sanskrit version of Namu Amida Butsu. It is our chant of gratitude. Mark Uno, in his, path, in his essay, Path of Gratitude, talking about Namu Amida Butsu, or the Nembutsu, says this, quote, The Nembutsu is a phrase, Namu Amida Butsu, that expresses our happiness and thankfulness. It isn't a mantra or a prayer. It doesn't accomplish anything other than letting out the bottled-up gratitude in a joyful utterance. When we say Namu Amida Butsu, we are not begging to get into the Pure Land or trying to win favors with the Buddha. We are simply saying how wonderful to receive so bountifully. Thank you so very much. End quote. 
along the same line and for those more poetically inclined, I like this from Soatsan, the founder of Wan Buddhism. Every place we find ourselves there is a Buddha, everywhere a Buddha image, and all acts are the Dharma of Buddha offerings, every act a Buddha offering. We can cultivate and experience gratitude and come to realize viscerally that there is no I apart from others. It's great because we begin to experience a boundlessness and an appreciation for life unknown before. Because even when we have nothing, we realize we have everything. And in this space, we can begin to experience oneness and start seeing Buddhas everywhere. And the most mundane everyday act becomes an offering to the awakened nature within ourselves. I challenge you to follow one of these practices outlined. You can do orange meditation. Just find an orange. Begin saying grace before you eat. Also, I would encourage you to look more into Nikon reflection. Check out the Toto Institute online with many resources and retreats that focus on Nikon reflection. And before we go, I want to acknowledge the second grace, which we'll talk more about next time. It's not only about our parents, but the second grace is our teachers. And I am so grateful for all my teachers, for Koyo Kobose Sensei, Gyome Kobose Sensei, and all of you, all of you, you are my teachers, and you are with me every day teaching me. Namu Amida Butsu. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. To read more of Kakuyu Sensei's thoughts, you can go to wayofoneness.org. Or to learn more about the Utah Buddhist Fellowships, please go to utahbuddhistfellowship.org. Until next time.